in middle school uh, here in Springfield, and I believe they're still doing this. They, they had been doing it for several years. They, they recruit students as conflict resolution volunteers. They're, they're giving some training, and, and then they, they sit down with, with two students that are kind of squabbling with each other, and, and they seek to try to find a way to work through whatever the conflict happens to be and resolve whatever the issues might be. That's a great idea. I could have used some of those folks when I was in middle school. Lunchtime at my particular middle school was a training ground for international relations. <laughs> Before the first our week was over, uh, different groups had begun to form in the lunchroom. You know, different people seated at, at different tables. It was like nations defining their borders as the school would begin. And, and placing your lunch tray on the wrong table, that was a direct violation of international law. It meant you could get your tray dumped in your lap. There's just nothing like wearing creamed corn for the rest of the school day. Peace is not only elusive in middle school, lasting peace has eluded mankind ever since Cain got mad at Abel. If you read that story, he's actually mad at God, but that's a sermon for another day. Peace is something people always say they want, but seem to always find a way to defeat. One day, though, one day. Peace will not simply be a fleeting dream. Here in Isaiah chapter 11, the prophet speaks of a day when the Messiah would bring a lasting, life-transforming peace. Look with me, if you will, here in Isaiah the 11th chapter. I'm going to start reading the 6th verse. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This morning we're going to find out how Jesus brings real peace. How's your world this morning? Is it smooth sailing or are there some storm clouds gathering on the horizon? Maybe you're in a very peaceful time in your life or maybe you're in the middle of a full-blown hurricane. But wherever you are, all of us need to hear this prophecy because you've never seen anything like this. The kings of Israel and of Judah were always promising peace. And that was kind of the point of, of having a, a strong king. He would build a powerful army. Uh, he'd build strong walls around all the cities. And you and your family would be safe and protected. Only it never really worked out that way. Enemies have an annoying habit of growing stronger, and kings, even the good one, had an annoying habit 
of dying. It's how one of Isaiah's most familiar prophecies begins with the words, In the year King Uzziah died. Now, King Uzziah had been one of the good kings. He had extended the borders of Judah. He had successfully kept their enemies at bay. He had brought the defenses of Judah to a level they had not seen in decades. He'd created a strong army and mighty fortifications, and then he got sick and died. It was a pivotal moment for the nation of Judah. It was a pivotal moment for the prophet Isaiah. As they all asked, well, what's going to happen now? The death of a king is always an unsettling time for a nation, but the death of a good king was even worse. But here Isaiah prophesies as a king who would come and be like nothing the world had ever seen. That's because this king was not of this world. And the peace that he would bring would be like nothing this world had ever seen. He describes it in in those extraordinary words in verse 6. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. Jesus will one day restore Even nature itself, natural enemies like the wolf and the lamb will be reconciled. The weak will no longer be terrorized by the strong. Even those enemies of man would no longer be so. The infant would play safely right near the den of the cobra. Verse 9, they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The full knowledge of God would, would bring about this extraordinary transformation. No person, no one king, no one ruler could make this kind of peace. Only the one who created the world could bring the world back to its original design. In 1931, a tablet was found in the collection of a monastery. The tablet read, Hither were brought the bones of Uzziah, king of Judah, not to be disturbed. Well, apparently Uzziah's bones... Uh, had been moved to another location and and reburied so that they wouldn't be bothered. And unfortunately, we don't know where that location is today. The the tablet was not in its original location when it was found, and apparently whoever it was that found it didn't read it. And such is the case for most of the rulers of the ancient world. The pyramids were designed to protect the remains of the pharaohs, but they've long since been looted of all of their treasures. Even the most powerful kings of all history couldn't even find peace for their own bones. 
the best of this world, when all is said and done, doesn't even come close to what we really need. Even in the most peaceful places on earth, none of us would want to run into a wolf or a lion or a cobra. You certainly wouldn't want to leave your infant child near one. But the peace that Jesus one day will bring will transform everything. All that we fear will be no more. Because there will no longer be anything to fear. What would that be like? What would it be like to lay your head down at night with absolutely nothing to fear? What would it be like not to have to worry about locking your doors or, or, or worry about walking through that field of tall grass, wondering what's slithering down beneath all the grass, or, or wondering if your children are safe and, and well? What would it be like to be in a world where there was no more fear? Our world will never offer that. Only Jesus can provide that. It's something like we've never seen. And it is a place where anyone can come. You ever tried to buy a ticket to a, a sold-out event, a ball game or a, a concert, and everybody wants to go and the tickets just go like that, and you try to buy them and it's, it's all gone, no tickets left. It, it feels a little bit like you're on the outside Looking in, especially after you see the price that some people ended up paying for those tickets. <laughs> the face value of, of last year's Super Bowl, this, this is what was printed on the ticket, was from $950 to $5,000. But the average final selling price of those tickets was 3000 to $6,000. That's the average price. A ticket for a seat in a suite on the 20-yard line would have set you back $435,000 to watch the Rams play New England. <laughs> tickets to popular concerts can sell out in minutes, often because those tickets have already been reserved before they ever even were offered to the public. But what about the kingdom of God? What's a ticket there cost? Well, it's more than any of us can pay. The price is perfection. Absolute righteousness. We don't have it. No one does. But then Jesus throws open the gate. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10 says, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time 
to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Think about that. A place like nothing this world has ever been able to offer because it doesn't have that kind of peace to offer. A place where there is no fear. A place where there is no harm. And Jesus throws open the door. And there is no power on earth that can hold Him back. No strength that can keep His people from Him. Now, in Isaiah's day, there were two primary empires, two strong nations, the nation of Egypt and the nation of Assyria. And Israel and Judah lived in fear of those nations because they recognized that they were right in the middle and that Egypt wanted to come up and conquer them from the south. Assyria wanted to come down and conquer them from the north. And they didn't begin to have the defenses to hold them off. But as powerful as those enemies were in Isaiah's day, as strong as that fear was of what the next day would bring, they were no match for the power of the Messiah. And from the east... From the west, from the north, from the south, Jesus will gather all his people to himself. All those who respond to the banner of the cross. That's the peace that is offered by Christ. A peace that the Bible proclaims Passive understanding. We can't even conceive it. The world offers nothing like that. Only Jesus has that peace to give. So this morning I would challenge you to spread that peace that you know in Jesus. Because you live in a world that's desperate to find it. Every day when you go to work, every night when you return home to your neighborhood, every person you pass on the street, they are desperate for this kind of peace because they don't have it. They go to work and everybody's squabbling. They come home and The neighborhoods, neighbors are at odds with one another. Everywhere they go, they turn on the TV, the news talks about all the folks in the world that are fighting one another. Everywhere they look, there is no peace. And they're desperate to find what you know in Jesus. So this week... Spread the peace of Christ 
For example, here's something simple you can do. Find something that you enjoy and go find a group of non-believers that do that thing that you enjoy. Take some of your Christian friends with you that enjoy that particular thing and spread the peace of Christ. One example, a bowling league. They still have those, you know. They're still around. And it's a fun time. Grab a couple of Christian friends. Go join a, 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 just a secular bowling league. And, and while you're a part of that league, as you bowl against another team, look for opportunities to share the peace that you know in Jesus. Invite them out for ice cream after the bowling game is over. And then while you're there, invite them to come to church with you. Share a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. Let them know how Christ has given you peace. We live in a world that desperately wants what we already have in Jesus. Find a way to share it with them. Heavenly Father, first of all, we give you praise that you bring peace, real peace, lasting peace, peace that is like nothing this world has ever seen. For that we give you praise, that by simply trusting Jesus we can have that peace. But Lord, we recognize there are folks all around us who don't know that peace. Who have never experienced what it means to trust Jesus. And so help us to, to share that peace with them. Help us to find ways to, to illuminate their life with the light we know in you. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.